Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. Bob, it's good to see you. It's great to see you. Although we're not in the same place, but no. that's, you know, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Just having a little water? It's, it's the way the summer is. I'm hydrating. How about yourself? Good. Good, good, good. I got my water, too. Yeah, I've been on a... Um, well, wait, before we start talking about things, let's talk about sports. There's no sports to talk about, so we should probably move on. Are the Nationals playing? Are they winning anything? Actually, that's, I'm glad you asked. The Washington Nationals actually have the worst record in the entire major leagues. Hey, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, and they offered their best player a 15-year deal, I think, $440 Is that like million so? Dollars. Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me the name. Soto? Soto? Okay, yeah. Okay, you just told me and the name, said, but I said, said it. He said, no, that's not, that's not enough. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe it's just not enough for that particular team. It's just unbelievable. Bob. I want to give a really shout out is. to Connor Edgington, who is a big Washington fan. Okay. I remembered this as and, we said it. He's a, he, he, I think he's more he's, of a Capitals fan, though, but it's okay. I, sp- I know you met, you just had a conference, and we're going to talk about conferences later. But right. you were talking to Nate, who is the musician uh, for the conference in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Nate texted me and he said, I'm with Bob. And I saw that Juan Soto uh, didn't accept the money, both of which made me think of you. So how are you doing? So <laughs> that's good. People connect me, baseball and you together. So that's Aww, great. What a gift. Yeah. What a gift that yeah. is. Yeah. One of the uh, keynote speakers. Oh, yeah, it was a sport thing. But go ahead. OK. Yeah. The British Open was last weekend. Mm. Um, which is just, it's not, they don't, it's called the Open. It's not even the British Open. And those who know, know, right? Right. Um, Rory McIlroy was going into the Sunday winning, and this guy shot a 64. He's got, his name is uh, Cameron Smith from New Zealand or Australia. See the guy with the the mullet? mullet. Isn't it awesome? I saw that, yeah. Got, like the mullet the and the stash, man. Yeah, I think yeah. Top Gun Maverick says, has brought back the stash, by the way. Yeah, I'm noticing more and more like stashes. Samson. He had the mullet and he won a tournament and he said he's not going to cut his hair because it's like he's, he's going to win. But it was it was there, it was actually a great, great tournament. So weren't there two people named Cameron at the top of the leaderboard? There were Cameron Young and Cameron Smith. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. The only two odd. Cameron golfers in the world. Yeah. But Rory <laughs> lost and I really wanted Rory to win. But oh, well, I seem to. I like Rory. Um well, back to baseball, though, uh, one of the keynote speakers showed uh, over during the youth conferences uh, talked about hope and showed this adorable video of like a 90 year old guy watching the Cubs win the World Series. Oh, and really? it was so inspiring. I mean, he was just like, I saw them win. You know, he's like hugging his like 70 year old son, you know, and it's just, oh, that's cool. he's I'd just sobbing. That. That's he's really like, cool. I saw them win. I saw them. We just couldn't get over it. It was really, it was really cool. It was like, all right, that's cool. That's That's cool. But it's also the Cubs. Uh, you know, people would never feel that way about the cap, the uh, the Capitals or the Nationals, whatever you guys are, or the Commanders. No offense. I don't mean to be dissing Washington. None taken. None taken. Thank you. None taken. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank that's you. our sports update. Yeah. There's really nothing interesting going on. I. This is when I even avoid Sports Center. It's just a lot of Actually, hype yeah. about like who's going to be on what team and draft picks yeah. and who's going to be the. I mean, yeah. you can just tell they're desperate for content. Yeah, the the, uh, the Major League All-Star game, I think, is maybe this week. It's usually last week, but it was delayed. I don't know. I, oh, because they started late. That's probably why. It's a week It's a week late. 
Yeah. But that's honestly, I don't have a huge interest in that. So you're right. Yeah. It's kind of a quiet time in sports. It is indeed. It is indeed. Yep. But not for us, jet setting around the world. Hey, yes. talk about India. How was, how was, did you go to Bollywood? Is that a place or is that just a movie genre? It's just a movie genre. And okay, you know, it's really me. funny because in my mind, the only Bollywood movies are like just people jumping around and dancing and singing. And they, they laughed at me, goes, that's not, I mean, Bollywood is just like Hollywood. It's not just, so they kind of laughed at me. But there's Honestly, a little bit more not, dancing that, that goes on in their films than I think in the usual film. Well, that may be the case, but they said not all of them. They said that's, it's, they don't dance in all their movies. Be that as it may, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean right now, okay? Yep. I'm going to okay. come clean with you, Bob, because you and I have been through a lot. We have. I, was, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. I mean, a lot of people, I'm going to be honest, a lot of people spoke negative. They said, you know, it's, you're likely to get some GI problem that's going to bother your stomach because of the food and the water. And oh, okay. For a second, I thought you like, I'm like an army problem, but now gastrointestinal. No, no, no. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 crowded. It's no whatever, whatever. Honestly, right. it was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, we went to um, Bangalore, which is kind of like their Silicon Valley. It was, I mean, I mean, there's poverty there, of course, but it's also really a developing area, a very large developing middle class university. We're looking at collaborating with a couple of universities in India, and they're. They're just doing so well in IT. 61% of all people in IT are in uh, from India or Indian descent. So wow. it was fantastic. The food, you would have hated everything about it. Okay. But the I was food, almost thinking, should I go? But now you're confirming no. No, no. The food, I mean, was, I loved it. It was Indian food and it was fantastic. It was spicy. It was delicious. It was fishes and it was just great. You, on the other hand, would hate it. Yeah, no bacon. The pancakes are no bacon, not once. And their pancakes are not really pancakes. They're kind of made of rice. No, nope. ah. you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was great. Can I say the the perhaps the most difficult part? Well, first off, let me take a step back. Flying there, we did Chicago to um, Dubai, New Delhi, nonstop. New Delhi. So that's about a fourteen oh, hour nonstop. flight long. Okay long flight mm. we flew over greenland and that's beautiful if you've never flown over greenland it's glaciers and white and snow as far as you can see which was beautiful and then i i've flown a lot bob and you know this right i do we flew over the himalayas mm. one of the most beautiful 45 30 minutes of flying i've ever seen in my life it was like I mean, a clear day Everest. you could see the mountains it was that's that's actually the fact that you even said that because they said it's actually really rare we could see as far i i'm almost positive i saw mount everest pretty wow. sure wow but um yeah the the mountains were just stunning just beautiful mm. wow with that being said we flew over on air india we came back on united and apparently american airlines can't fly over russian space right now airspace right now okay 17 17 hour nonstop flight Tanya, who works with me in my office, she says she was at their office in the afternoon. She goes, oh, Father Dave's just left. She goes, I went home, had dinner with my family, spent the evening with my family, went to bed, got up the next morning, got the kids off, came into the office and said, Father Dave is still in the plane. <laughs> oh, that, that's horrible. 17 hours, Bob. It's just. Were you first class? Please say you were. 
I, I, I have no judgment and nobody listening. 17 hours, you need to be like lying down. You are the president okay, of a university. I want you to be flying first class. Okay, I did. I got upgraded. I got upgraded to business class, which okay, it, it doesn't go all the way back, but yeah, but you but, get a little bit, a little one, more leg room. Absolutely, and it was actually a bulkhead seat, so as much leg room as I wanted. Nice. It was so from that perspective, but the television thing wasn't working. <gasps> so seventeen hours and no movies. No Black Widow. Nothing, nothing. And I was going to say, you know, I could complain and they could say, well, we could move you to the back. There's a seat back there. It's like, no, that's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But, um, so you so, didn't see, did you see any honest... cool movies on the way out there? Did you what take did my watch? recommendation? I... Which was what? The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. No, I where Nicolas Cage stars as Nicolas Cage. We flew over. We flew on Air India, and there was not honestly there was not many choices. But what was one of them? It was a Owen Wilson marry some gal that's a superstar. Will you marry me or something like that? He's just uh, like an ordinary yeah. and Lopez. What's her name? Jennifer Lopez is some famous singer. Why, and why would you watch movies like that? Because dude, there was only like three choices, dude. Like that's like if you're married and you have to watch something with your spouse, kind of movie. Nobody, okay, you know no man would watched? ever watch that on their own. I did, and I'm comfortable saying that. I also watched Born Ultimatum. Those were two quite <laughs> different movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't. You since I mentioned it, I should qualify it. So I I got to watch this movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is uh, it stars Nick Cage as Nick Cage. And there's always a debate, is Nick Cage the greatest actor or the worst actor of all times? And yeah. um, I, this movie was so funny because it was like Nick Cage making fun of himself, like Just with a straight face. There's this one yeah. part where somebody's like talking about this dumb movie he was in called like Guarding Tess, like the first lady, and uh, how yeah, it yeah. meant so much to this person. And he said, it actually takes a lot to get into the head of a character of a secret sa- secret service agent. I'm glad you appreciated my work. And the guy just looks at him and says, thank you for your service. And Nick Cage goes, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, to anybody listening, um, it's, like a, it's, it's almost like an 80s movie. There's a number of bad F words. But there's nothing, but there's nothing else. But anyway, okay. if, you're, if you're an adult and you don't mind that, and sometimes I do, but for some reason... The movie was just so bonkers. Um, That's fine. Yeah, I, so no I movies it. for me. But no it was movies. Great. It was, Neither of us have seen Thor. Have you seen Thor? I haven't even seen Thor yet. No, but it's not got very good reviews. I hear it's kind of meh. Yeah, yeah. I might wait till it comes out. All right, streaming. Well, let's go together. Let's go together. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Like Rama Lama Lama. Could I get a ding to dong? Are you going to tell people where you are? I am in the granite state of New Hampshire. So I've had a I've had a bit of a crazy travel thing as well. So uh, every summer, we come up to New Hampshire. My mom has a place up here by the lake. Uh, my kids go to some Catholic camps nearby, Camp Fatima and Camp Bernadette. And uh, I use this kind of as a base of operations of flying about. So I was here, and then from here I flew and I hosted uh, a youth conference, Steubenville, St. Louis, which was absolutely marvelous. They had about. 2,800 teenagers, which was a pretty good post-COVID turnout. They're having even more the next week, and they do two back-to-back. Yeah, I think they had almost four. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And then the next, uh, then from there on that Sunday, I flew back on campus 
to the St. John Bosco Conference where I led worship music. And it was weird. I was home, but I wasn't home because my family wasn't yeah. there. They were all still kind of scattered. So it's like this weird, like surreal, well, I guess I'm home, but it doesn't really feel like home because even my dog was in New Hampshire at the time. Uh, but that was a wonderful conference. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz was there. Uh, and he did a great job, and I think he drew a lot of people. We had we had we got the Father Mike Schmitz bump in the uh, population Good. of the Bosco Conference, uh, and then from there on Thursday that conference finished, and I flew to Steubenville, Rochester, in Rochester, Minnesota. They had about thirteen hundred teenagers, a and home of uh, the new Bishop Barron. At home of the new Bishop Barron, actually, you know the 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 final mass was with the the current bishop, who's there for two more weeks, Bishop John Quinn. Oh, I have a fun story about him. Um, and he was so sweet. He was like, you know, my diocese won the Bishop Lotto, and but I'm still bishop for two more weeks. Uh, and that he, was really, honestly, he has been so kind to us over the he years. Is he always comes to our conference. He really is. He is amazing. He really is. He's a great bishop. That's great. And then from there, I flew back to New Hampshire. But more on more on Bishop Quinn. So I, uh, you know, my aunt, the bionic, the bionic nun who you don't believe in. Right. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I got to visit her grave, which kind of makes you look like a jerk. Um, but actually, it was quite beautiful. I didn't realize Rochester was near uh, Houston, Minnesota, just outside of Winona. So um, when I realized I was in the Winona Diocese, I was able just to rent a car for Friday. And I, she died, and then it was too cold to bury her, and they were putting a grave site by the Hermitage, and then uh, COVID hit. So I, it was the first opportunity I had to visit her grave site. I got to uh, serve at mass with the sisters there. They're always praying. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. It was just, cool. it was absolutely awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And, um, but Bishop John Quinn, when my aunt passed away, celebrated the mass because he was very close with those sisters and always would do retreats at their hermitage. And so it was nice to connect with them. And as a fun little fun fact, my grandfather's name was John Quinn. Oh, so the bishop was named after him? I, I'm sure he was. Anyway, and I got to see that's, him, and he remembered me, and it was just really – it's cool. just, like, kind of cool, cool, like, how the Lord just, like, does all those things and puts it together. It was it was very beautiful. It was it was very, very that's special. Awesome. So, uh, awesome. But I had a great that's weekend, awesome. both weekends of youth conferences, uh, wonderful, wonderful speakers, wonderful times with young people, just kids giving cool. their lives to Jesus, changing their lives. It's just an honor to watch that happen. Okay, we're going to talk about the conferences. Do we have – there's no – Promotional thing. Come to the alumni weekend this weekend. Yeah. How about that? Go to franciscan.edu. That's all we have to say. Okay. I'm sure there's awesome, exciting okay. things there. Okay. We also have, you met somebody that we need to thank again. Oh, yeah. Is well, I was in Rochester. I met Peter. who He was the one who sent yep. us the candy bars. So yep. shout out yep. to Peter. Thanks again. And actually, I, uh, you know, I got to meet so many people at these various conferences who just say how much they love the podcast. Even somebody came up to me at the Bosco conference and I was on speakerphone with her mother who was older and was just so excited. Uh, she was very upset that we didn't have an episode last week, but I said, well, me talking to you right now is the episode. It's better than anything we would have done last week. That's right. That's um, right. And so it's just really, it's no, been great. Everybody, I, I, we got I, a, everybody got a chance to meet over the past 10 days and are fans of the podcast, whether they be older or teenagers. Like, I mean, again, I'm always know, so honestly, happy when Young people are like, I listen to your podcast all the time. I'm like, really? That's awesome. Happy. I'm happy when anybody says it. <laughs> like, I, like I'm, I honestly, Bob, I'm amazed. Like, people come up, it's like, we listen to your podcast. I said, really? Huh. Okay. It thanks. must be all that money but, we spend uh, so, in advertising. 
Yeah. So I, I, I came back from uh, India and then my community has a, a, every summer we gather together for a week on retreat and it's beautiful. We just get time together to pray and it always culminates in the Thursday evenings, a big celebration of jubilarians. And then the Friday is our solemn vow profession, which is, it's always really, really moving uh, a solemn vow profession because for the friar, that's like that's kind of the pinnacle. It's where you make a lifelong. It, the, the actual rite says, uh, "I commit for the whole of my life." And there's something really, I think, beautiful. I remember when I made my solemn vows uh, myself uh, and Father Joe Lehman, who's now the provincial of the community. He and I entered the same time, and we've just been just best friends for. Now, are these new vows like people taking new vows, or are you all renewing vows? No, solemn vows is your final vows. So you, okay. it's the last time you make it. And again, you make it for the whole of your life, and then you never make vows again. But um, was that in the so feast of Saint Bonaventure? Because that was that was last week. It was. It was on the feast of Saint Bonaventure. Yep. Oh, that's so special for those guys. Yeah. It was. It was. So the when I took my vows, so Father Joe and I, you know, they have this formal where you're you're called as if like much like you were when you're a deacon, you're called forth to, from the church from the body. So Father Joe says to me, uh, you're going to do it? We're whispering to each other. You're going to do it? He goes, I go, I'll do it if you'll do it. He goes, all right, let's do it. And then we go and make a solemn profession. <laughs> Are you really, ordained before it, vows or is it vows and then ordained? No, no, no. No, you have to be, you have to be in solemn vows before you're ordained. Okay. So you're, you make your solemn profession. And then sometimes, honestly, it could be the next day you're ordained a deacon. But you have to be solemn vows or connected with the diocese they don't want people ordained not not connected and rooted somewhere. do you consider those on equal level or do you are you founder of one date than the other that's a really good question bob um well we and, and it's important for us to remember this that i was a friar before i was a priest that mm -hmm. that i felt called to my franciscan life and that's really my brotherhood my you know my vowed life uh, the the ordination is obviously a wonderful grace and blessing, but it flows from my Franciscan life. And that's one of the things we have to remind ourselves is that, you know, I, I'm a friar first. So my, my relationship with my brothers and my prayer life, that that really flows to my ordination. So that's, that's then both were equally, equally important. Just cool in different ways. Question. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But all of that is to say... Uh, in Loretto, Pennsylvania, which is where our mother house is, we've got a beautiful custom that we have been have. There's a Fatima shrine there. So from April, uh, May, April, June, July, August, September, and October, 13th of the year, since 1950, we've been doing this. So for 70 years, the community gathering, we have Fatima prayer night. So, and you can imagine kind of what that population looks like. Let's just suffice it to say the average age is not 20, okay? So this lady came up to me, and I, I, I don't know, she was, I don't know how old she was, but she was lovely and beautiful and spent the evening praying with us. But she came up and she said, um, she said, you're Father Dave. And I said, yeah, I am. And she goes, I love your podcast. And then yeah. she just went off on this. It's the fact that she knew how to get to the podcast was great. <laughs> but she was so, she was so sweet. And, I, and she goes, I can't wait for your podcast to come out. And I said, well... I'm sorry we didn't record this week. And she was so disappointed. I said, well, I promise we'll get the next week. So honestly, I, it's awful. I didn't get her name. But if you're listening, Ethel. it was such a pleasure to meet you. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Doris. So it was great. Ethel and Doris's are not 
only people older than I, you and I, Bob. So I'm just, just shooting at those were popular names of those times. So is Mary. I guess. Jennifer. Okay. So it was great. It was great. Awesome. Amen. So conferences. Conferences. They've been good? Yes. They've been absolutely amazing. You know, the, um, the conference, the youth conference theme for the summer has been fearless. Yeah. And I've really loved, uh, I've loved that theme. It's, it's been, um, yeah, it's just been wonderful. So it was, it was drawn from, uh, the scriptures, uh, John 16, I think it was 33. And which is, uh, Jesus said, I've told you all this, that you might have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. And and one of the reasons why we gravitated towards that theme in that particular scripture is that for young people today, um, there is an anxiety epidemic that is running wild with young people. They are one of the most stressed out generations we've seen. Um, the amount of anxiety drugs, counseling that's happening with them is is really crazy. And this was... This was previous to COVID. Right. Uh, you know, this right. really, and, and COVID just blew it up in about a thousand percent. It's probably worth saying, you know, there's, I think that there's a way that we always, in the love of Christ, want to have empathy for another because it's not uncommon that every generation thinks that they're smarter than the ones that preceded them and better than the right. ones that followed them. And, you know, you can always and things are more you can say things like, yeah. oh, they're snowflakes. Oh, they're so weak. And you can say, what are they stressed about? You know, they've got nothing to stress about. They're just kids and enjoying life. And um, But they are. And, uh, mm. you know, there's a lot of anxiety that they absorb uh, through the world. They're growing up in an incredibly polarized culture. I even think for COVID, and I think Father Dave, you and I have talked about this before. You know, when I, you know, COVID hit, it kind of took a year out of our life. Well, I'm 50 years old. So taking a year out of my life is like 5%. Is that even accurate? Or 2%? I don't do math. You know, I don't do math. It's not 10%. One, one out of 50. So it's one out of 50. Which but is that, a half that, out right. of which is a half out of twenty five. It's not yeah. much. Okay, all I'm saying is it's not much. Um, I mean, it's, it was long, but it's not much. But like, you get to like a fourteen year old, and you take a year out of their life, especially out of you know their teenage life. I right, mean, that's it's, their junior year. It, it's that's their senior year. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah, graduation. Exactly. That's exactly that's their freshman exactly. year of college. You know, what I mean, like, there's just a there's just so much stuff going on with young people. You know, another crazy stat I, I read, and there's a wonderful book, those of you that are interested more on this, it was by a guy named Roy Petphilus. Uh, he is a Catholic counselor that specializes with teenagers, and he wrote a book called Helping Teens with Stress, Anxiety, and Depression. But one of the stats that he pulled in was even just about family life, that right now, now this is an average of the country, so you'd hope Catholics would be a little better, but maybe not. Um, but it's less than 10% of kids in the U.S., teenagers in the U.S. growing up today, have just a mom and a dad who were never divorced or married to other people. Like, you know, that kind of like leave it to beaver family of just a mom and a dad mm -hmm. with their kids. Like, that's not happening for the vast majority of young people today. And the instability of the family and the instability of society 
and a fear of the future, all these things really come together. And um, I mean, young people are just super stressed yeah. out. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's something that, you know, if, if, you know, again, like I said, maybe an older generation is listening kind of like out oh, those kids, but I think the spirit wants to give us empathy. And I think that's actually where mm-hmm. ministry starts is that we have a sense of empathy. So knowing that that was a huge issue with young people today, this idea of being fearless and that scripture is so beautiful because, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to proclaim a lie, uh, which is if you just give your life to Jesus, sunshine and flowers, unicorns, happiness, lots of rainbows, lots of rainbows, all your problems will be taken care of. Jesus will just give you a big old hug and everything's going to be fine here out. You know, there's a realism to that scripture of, look, I've told you this, that you might have peace. In the world, there's going to be trouble, but I've conquered right. it. And we really right. wanted, and I, I felt like in all the conferences, we really, every all the speakers were vulnerable, and they're like, yeah, like, look, life is hard. Like, life is hard. We're not going to try to make life seem like it's easier than it is. But with Jesus, it can be a life to the full. Right. It's manageable. I think that's, I, I agree with you, Bob. Um, I did all my conferences in June. So I had four conferences in a row, um, basically with the exception of the priest and seminarians followed that same, some of those same themes and ideas. And I think that's one of the first things that, that was, that we really addressed was in the world, there will be trouble. And, yeah. and I mean, it may sound, I don't know, self-evident that, that, that there's going to be trouble, but there's also a freedom in, 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 hearing that and understanding it because if if we understand that there will be trouble not there might be there will be trouble it takes away some of the surprise and and almost like oh yeah yeah jesus promised that that there was going to be difficulty there was going to be trouble so in one sense he's a man of his word right he's a man of his word. <laughs> right so but the, I, the, I think one of the greatest lies of the evil one is that he wants us to believe that it's not supposed to be hard. I mean, I really yeah. think one of the greatest deceptions of the evil one is somewhere along the line we bought into the lie that says it was supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be this difficult. I'm not, I mean, I, I, the number of people who said to me, um, Jesus wouldn't ask something of me that's difficult. And it's like, where, where do you where do you hear that? I mean, where yeah. where is what it that you bought you into that? Right, exactly. Where yeah. is it? In fact, quite the opposite. You know, one of the speakers said that that Jesus is needed a public relations person because he you don't tell you know in the world that you're going to have trouble. Don't worry, it hated me first. I mean, a lot of consolation there is in that, but there is a sense of of liberty and a sense of freedom in that. That okay, Jesus promised, but then he says, "But fear not, right? But fear not, for I've conquered the world." And that's the part. That we need to be able to speak into. I loved, um, you know, young people sometimes have such an issue even believing God exists. And one of the comments I heard over the weekends was, so many times people will say, well, if there's suffering, God can't exist. And the answer to that is, if your God is Santa Claus, yes. But if your God yeah. is Jesus, then no, because the center of our faith is actually an innocent man who was tortured and executed um, right. out of love for other people. And, you know, having, you're right, there's a, there's a freedom in it that I think, and I do this too, I think it's natural. Like we always, we're always asking God to fix the externals of our lives, right? You know, God, mm-hmm. can you change this in my job? Can you change this in my family? Can you change this in my country? Can you change this in my world? 
God's really more intent on changing the in the internals. Yeah, right. Your spouse, yeah, mm. changing the internals. Like he wants he wants to help me be more peaceful. He wants me to be more mm-hmm. faithful. He wants me to have more self control. All of those fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know that that peace that he talks about. Um, you know, isn't just you know the, the peace the world wants to offer. It can't really offer. You know, the peace the world offers is you'll have enough money and you won't worry about finances. You'll have a great relationship with your spouse and your kids. The country is going to be fine. You know, Democrats and Republicans are going to hug each other. There's going to be world peace, right? And that's just such an unattainable goal. Then the next mm. thing the world can offer you is drugs. So you don't have to think yeah. about how crap, yeah. you know, how crappy the rest of the world is and, and how situations are like that. And actually, I said that at a youth conference the Friday night. There was a group of kids that went, yeah. And I just went, yeah. I'm praying for you kids this weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's so true. Like, yeah. like there's, there, there's not, you know, like you look at like uses of marijuana with teenagers, which is hard to track now because it's becoming so legal everywhere. Right, but wow, right. let's give the most stressed out generation ever legal access to marijuana. Wow, that's, yeah. that's, that's not a potent combination right awesome. there. But, but yeah, that is yeah. the peace the world offers, which isn't really much peace at all. And God wants yeah. to change our hearts. And I think that's a powerful but message. It, but it goes back to, uh, you know, the, our whole theme of our podcast. And that is that when our hope is in the Lord, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean that all of those other things, it's not wishes, it's not desires, it's not wants, but it's a hope that's deeply rooted in the Lord and him being who he is for us and, and being present to us. And in that, in the world, there will be trouble, right? But God has conquered the world. And, and he's present to me. And yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've shared about this, you know, last couple of years that have been difficult, you know, the sense of the Lord saying to me, this won't crush you. And it, it sounds like, why is that consolation? But it is, right? That, that Jesus will be present with me in the midst of it. In fact, the Psalm, I think, no, today was, today in my community, it's an office of the dead. And, and that the, the, it actually uses that word about not being crushed. And there's there's a comfort in that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. And, and I think what your point was was well taken is that there's a way that we can minimize young people's anxiety, but we all have our struggle. We all have, maybe we we mask it differently or we name it differently, but but it's the same God who wants to meet us in the middle of it. You know, that couple out there who's whose marriage you just feel like it's crumbling apart. Well, the Lord wants to meet you in that. And he wants to be present to you in that. And he wants to make himself known. And, and I'd love to say that if you just snap your fingers and make this magical novena, everything's going to be perfect the way you want it. It doesn't always work like that. But what God does do is he shows himself. He, he calms our heart, not necessarily the storm. And that's enough. It's just enough. One of the scriptures that we looked at in, um, I think, the Saturday Night Talk, we encouraged speakers to talk about, was the the calling of Peter on the water. And, yeah. you know, one of the things a few of the speakers highlighted, which I never really picked up before, was, you know, we know the story. Peter gets out of the boat. He walks to Jesus. He mm-hmm. sees the wind and the waves, and he falls. But it says immediately Jesus catches him. Why were you so afraid? But it says then they walk back to the boat, and when they get in the boat, the storm calms down and there's a beautiful moment of where Jesus lifts him back out of the water and they're walking again on the water. And it's not like the storm is gone. Like there's still a storm and Jesus walks with Peter to the boat, to Mm -hmm. a place of rest. And I think 
in all of our storms, I mean, our, our immediate desire is stop the storm. And sometimes mm-hmm. he does. Like sometimes the Lord yeah. will work in that way. Like, Jesus, can you stop this storm? And he does. And other times he's saying, have courage, have faith. Yeah. And he walks with us on the waters of that storm that we can survive and get through things that we never would be able to get through on our own. Maybe even things that we never thought we'd be able to get through on our own. And he's beside us. Yeah, I remember when I was in seminary, uh, I had a religious sister who was teaching the course, and she was talking about that that storm that is going to be a part of everybody's life. I mean, it just is. And she was talking about if you're in a small boat, your natural inclination is in the midst of a storm, I need to get to the shore. But she said it's actually, it, it, and this is true, you know, it's, if you've sailed or anything like that, that it's dangerous to get to the shore because you're going to be thrown into the rocks. The boat's going to be thrown into rocks. So actually what you need to do is you need to have to go in, into the midst of the storm. And mm. there's every part of us that says, you know, we can't do that. But but knowing, obviously, if Jesus is with us and he's walking and he's present and he's 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 clinging to us, and sometimes we'll cry out, you know, are you awake? Do you even realize what's going on here? But he, he's, he's present to us. Doesn't always calm the storm. Sometimes he does. We've, we've experienced that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but always wants to be able to calm our heart. And my experience, Bob, is that, is that oftentimes when I don't experience that, it's not about him. It's about me. It's about me not taking a moment and stepping aside and just being quiet. It's about me not trusting. It's about me wanting him to do what I want, not necessarily what he's doing. So, yeah, the Lord wants to be able to meet us in the midst of that. And I thought I thought the conference theme was just so perfectly chosen for this year. And we did that, what, 18 months ago? Yeah, We probably right. chose that theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. There's. Uh, it's always kind of fun to see how the Holy Spirit just affirms decisions we made, and then it seems like it's the perfect theme at the perfect time. So... Amen. Praise God. And hopefully you are listening, that you're blessed by that theme. And then any storm yeah. that you're going through in your life, any travel, any any trouble that's going on in your heart, um, you know, God wants to work in your heart. I mean, yes, sometimes he will fix the externals, but he always wants to fix the internal. He always wants to show that he is present there in your heart, in your life, in the midst of the storm. Uh, you will have trouble. He said it. Mm-hmm. But he also said he has conquered the world. And that's a promise that we can rely on, even in difficult times. Amen. Would you close us in prayer, Padre? Of course. Of course, Lord, we thank you for your presence with us in the midst of our storms, in the midst of our difficulties. Uh, Lord, give us a greater faith that is able to see you and recognize you and see and and be present to you as you're present to us. Pour out your blessing, Jesus, particularly on uh, our listener today that is struggling most. Let him or her know that you are present, that you see, that you notice, that you love, uh, and that you will be present to them. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you, Bob. Amen. Bless you, Father Dave. And thank you, all of you who are listening. Uh, send us an email at hope at franciscan.edu, especially if you've got an idea of maybe some themes of things that we can be talking about in upcoming episodes. Uh, we'd love to get back to that. Uh, we're praying for all of you. God bless. Yeah.